conversations about yesterday's animation. Animations. Saturday morning cartoon fair. Days past. Ghostbusters, Transformers, DuckTales, Days, 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 It's not a particularly deep show, Never so you will like us. Uh, yeah. I've dealt with your asses for too long. You turn me evil. No, you are already that way. Don't blame me. What the Days past. And welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. You know, in this time of quarantine, of living indoors, of never seeing the sun. <laughs> Ever. Because you're not supposed to even go, you're not even supposed to look at the sun at this point, was the last I checked. Yeah, I, I read somewhere you're just supposed to put foil up on the windows and call it a day. And you know what? I had them off in the past. I put the foil all over me. <laughs> Nothing's getting done. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> suit of armor, a tinfoil suit of armor. <laughs> but it's important to stay happy, to look at the joyful things uh-huh. in our lives and make joy where you can. Yeah. And who has been peddling joy to us for 70, I don't know how many years, since long before I was born, (laughs) who has been cramming joy through our eyeballs into our brains and hearts for low these many years. A company founded by Walt Disney. Just a little company, a little company. A very small mom and pop joint. Very modest. I believe the pop is frozen, his head is frozen somewhere. Uh Papa Disney. Yep. We're back finally to talking about a Disney tune. It's been since DuckTales, and we're, we're having to dull them out because <laughs> Disney is not known for just, you know, throwing down a bunch of shitty cartoons at once. No, not at all. They take their time, they spend their money, mm-hmm. and they get it right. Yeah. And this is one of the very earliest of the uh, Disney Renaissance TV cartoons. <laughs> Renaissance. Well, it was Renaissance, so we're going to get into <laughs> what was going on, why there needed to be a Renaissance. But we got to set up the show. Today's cartoon follows a colony of talking bears trying to keep their moonshine operation secret from the local government <laughs> and humanity at large. Today's cartoon is Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Gummy bears, bouncy here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. That is the the title of the show. Uh-huh. Disney's Adventures <laughs> companies these things of the actual name of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that they had to do the long name for the same reason that on these... You remember when we went to Toys R Us for an episode many... Right. Uh, feels like decades ago at this point? Uh-huh. <laughs> and we saw there were a bunch of Marvel character action figures, and some of them would just say, like, Captain America, but other ones would say Marvel's Daredevil or Marvel's Vision. It's all about branding. Yeah, well, and also because you can't copyright a word that already exists for your character. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> just to say Daredevil trademark is, we're all getting sued, because I say Daredevil on the regular over here. <laughs> so I'm thinking gummy bears are a, a generic, like, that's not copyrighted, and you can't copyright it because it's a generic name. So uh-huh. I think that's why they have to call it. Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. But I'm the lawyer, just to <laughs> steal myself off from Wait, me. you're not? Wait, you're not? I am not a lawyer, so if you're looking to me for legal advice, I will take payment, <laughs> but I will not call myself a lawyer, and I'll actively tell you that. 
Okay, so gummy bears. This is maybe slightly, I mean, it's less known than Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. You don't see, like, you know, a three-year-old just with a, a gummy bears shirt on, at least not at this point. No. <laughs> but this is a show that ran for six seasons, 65 episodes from 1985 to 1991. It was on NBC, then it switched over to ABC, and finally went into syndication as part of the Disney Afternoon syndication package. They were hobnobbing with the big wigs, DuckTales, Tailspin, <laughs> the the uh, cream of the crop. They were politicking. Yeah. They were politicking. Oh, yeah. they were, And they were begging for uh, loans, I think, by the end because they did finally go away. <laughs> and and they're just not, they just don't carry the same weight as those characters and tunes do. It's a B-side. It, it, it's it's a B-side cartoon at best. <laughs> well, it is. And, and made by an A-side company. I don't know. It seems like they had an intervention on the Gummy Bears part at some point. Uh. And when they didn't take the help, <laughs> they cut them off. Because, I mean, these, these bears are literally juicing on screen. Yes. They are making magic toilet wine from gummy berries, <laughs> taking it actively, and that is the only way they know how to live their lives. The only way they overcome obstacles is to do drugs. Yeah, they're taking gummy berry juice <laughs> to get over how they took too much gummy berry juice the night before. Uh-huh, yeah. This show, I, I would say, is strongly suggested for fantasy super fans trying to fill the Game of Thrones-shaped hole in their lives. <laughs> because in the opening alone, we've got like a half dozen dragons. There weren't any in the episode, but... No, no, listen, there's there should be a ratio for how many dragons you can have in an opening sequence, and they, they busted that. <laughs> they busted that sequence, for sure. I'd like to amend that to, there should be a a rule about how many dragons you can have in an opening uh -huh. versus how few you have in the actual episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Touche. Because they show us a number of them and there are no dragons in the show. But it's still fantasy. We've got ogres. We've got a magic pendant, invisibility spells, a giant book. <laughs> I've never seen such a giant book in my life. This is fantasy. A big locked book. The basic idea is that it's a fantasy world. It's medieval times, kind of. I mean, I say kind of just because I don't recall seeing any documents reporting gummy bears in our history. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that was erased, but I mean, and they're cryptids in their own world. Yeah, because they they're a race of talking bears that supposedly for hundreds of years were technologically advanced and did magic and all this shit and then disappeared in humanity. Some people don't even think they ever existed. And some people just think they went away. And, and that they're right if they think that. Uh, <laughs> and I am looking for fundraising investors for two possible pilots. Kickstarter. <laughs> for Discovery and History Channels. One would be a Finding Bigfoot style show about hunting gummy bears. And the second would be Ancient Alien style show about how they've shaped humanity throughout history. Man, I, I would like to piggyback on that. I'd like for you to invest is what I'd like. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yes, you would. Yeah. You would like me to do that, yeah. wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> In the early 80s, Disney, if you can imagine, okay. was not doing so great as a company. It seems impossible. <laughs> you don't say. It seems like the height of capitalism, if you were to look at their stocks over the past 70 years, I would have assumed that it's just a shot that goes straight up right. the whole time over the years. I'm sure that's not true. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm also not a stock broker. <laughs> <laughs> Let's add that to the list of things I'm not. <laughs> okay. But 
it seems today, now that Disney owns the world, 90% of media, it would be very difficult for them to be doing not well. But if not financially, they just were kind of in a creative rut to give you an idea of the most recent films that they had released uh, by the time they started working on Gummy Bears. You had Fox and the Hound. After four years in the making, Walt Disney Productions proudly announces our 20th fully animated motion picture, The Fox and the Hound. Which is a classic. It'll make you cry, but it's not. It's just there's not like a, a Disney princess from that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not your banger. You can't you can't hang your hat on that one. No, no. Uh, Tron. Tron. Its world awaits on the other side of the screen. Again, like big and pop culture, they profited off of it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the same as like Snow White. They had the Popeye movie with Robin Williams mm-hmm. and Shelley Duvall. <laughs> I am what I am. Popeye. Which I would say is a creative triumph, but I don't think it did great at the box office. Right. And they did have Herbie Goes Bananas. <laughs> We're super intelligent or I super intelligent for a car. Uh-huh. For a beetle. Smartest among the cars, it would seem. <laughs> Came to life in uh, I believe he went to South America. Disney goes south of the border as Herbie goes bananas. Hey, the powers vested in me as the captain of this ship. I deem this vehicle a menace. I herewith committed to the sea. The fate well deserved. Based on that list versus like if you were to look at the 50s and 60s or earlier before that, it's hit after hit after hit. And they're that band that just put out like they're like the Rolling Stones. They just put out a bunch of great records and singles. Uh-huh. And then finally, they're like, you know what? I just we just don't have it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the big thing was that their cartoons were not being shown very much. Uh, they were locked up in that goddamn vault. <laughs> Disney vault. Yes, the vault. <laughs> I'm going to say right away, whether you're a person or a company, even if you do have a vault, you shouldn't advertise it. Yeah. It, it sounds it makes you sound like you are rich uh-huh. and old and evil and it invites burglars. And, and it's weird. It's just weird. It's weird. It's very weird. Like I. <laughs> So many commercials when we were kids were like, This is your last chance to own Disney's ultimate fairy tale, Sleeping Beauty. This is your last chance to own the adventure of Tarzan. This is your last chance to own the adventure of The Little Mermaid 2. Because on January 31st, these hits are going back into the Disney vault. Back into the Disney vault. Back into the Disney vault. Hey, kids, we're taking crack off the market again. Better get your parents to go buy it at Walmart because Snow White's never going to be on VHS again uh-huh. until five years from now. So that was part of the problem. They were, I guess that was self-created. So I just don't have sympathy for them during that. In 1984 and then through 2005, enter the new CEO of Disney, Michael Eisner. If you're a CEO, I shouldn't know your name. I don't give a shit about business. Uh-huh. Like I could name if I know somebody who's a CEO's name, it's because I've worked for them or because they are known for other things like Bill Gates. Yeah. But Michael Eisner being the CEO of Disney for so long, we knew his name because when Disney gets a new CEO, it's like getting a new pope. (laughs) Yeah. Like this man is the pope of your childhood and your child entertainment for however long his reign shall go. Yeah. He he was all over the commercials, uh, you know, and intermissions on Disney Channel for sure. And he, he shouldn't be. He should be behind the scenes making that green. But you in know. that vault. He should be in that vault counting money. <laughs> he should be guarding the vault. And signing checks. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Every so often, we like to go back through our millions of feet of film footage 
and added together some of our most entertaining Disney cartoons. Goofy here volunteered to come in and demonstrate how the editing process works. I'm all set, Michael. Goofy, I didn't realize you knew how to edit. I'm very, very impressed. Gorge. He stepped in, and one of the first things that he did was he put together a team specifically for TV animation. But the thing is, he wouldn't allow the team yet to use classic Disney characters. DuckTales wasn't going to come out right away. Uh Goof Troop wasn't going to come out right away because they basically said, this shit's unproven. We don't know if we're going to be good at this or not. So let's not sully Mickey's name. Right. (laughs) Let's let's not (laughs) take any dignity away from Goofy, Uh the talking dog that falls off cliffs. Let's not not ruin Steamboat, okay? (laughs) Exactly. Let's warm up on some original ideas. And that's where Gummy Bears comes into play. A classic. It is a classic. I mean, a lot of you ask people our age for sure, and they have some memory of it. Cause again, it's like it's Disney and it was if it was on NBC and ABC and then ultimately in syndication, parents turn on the TV, you have those channels. And listen, I have to come clean here, Will. I have to. I'm I'm a poser. I really am. As much He-Man as we've watched, all the filmations, I watched more gummy bears than I watched any of these other cartoons. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you see this as a safe space to admit your deception. I definitely watch more Sunny, Tummy, Gubby, Gruffy, and Zummy than I <laughs> I should admit to. Well, I did. I know that I watched it more than He-Man. Uh-huh. I'll say that much. There are other shows that I watched more. TMNT was, uh, you know, the name of the game at that point for me. But yeah, Gummy Bears was in, in circulation. Uh-huh. For sure. <laughs> Heavy. Yes. So keeping in mind that original ideas were needed. I mean, that's that's Mike Eisner saying that. He's, you know, we got to start off with some original ideas, cough them up. And you've got all these people around trying to come up with stuff. And then Mike Eisner himself comes in with an idea. Hmm. Here is a quote from a New York Times article in 1985. Gummy Bears was pure Eisner. The result not only of his instincts, but of a curiosity that would be noteworthy anywhere but is remarkable in an industry built on narcissism. Last spring, his seven-year-old son nagged him into going to a neighborhood drugstore to buy a particular kind of candy. He was curious about why his son was so insistent, and he got the idea for gummy bears the instant he watched his son's excitement over a pack of chewy drops in the shape of bears. (laughs) So this is one of the few cartoons that can claim to be based on candy. (laughs) Good thing his kid didn't ask for red vines or milk duds. Uh God knows what we would have ended up with. But this, (laughs) this, the way they put this out there, it makes him sound like he is the least in touch person. It's like, tell me about these gummy bears you want. Why are you so up in arms about these gummy bears, kid? And it's like, well, because they're sugar given form and they look like cute little bears. Have you never seen these before? Have you never been to a grocery store or a Walgreens? Like, they're everywhere. (laughs) Why why am I explaining things to you, dad? So that's and I I had to go find that article because it came up numerous places as trivia about the show. Uh I was like, no, that that can't be true. This guy basically how many times had he heard gummy bears in his life before he came to the point of holy shit? Uh But ding, I got an idea. Well, I don't know how old he was at the time, but it took that it took him being a father for seven years before that came up. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) No. I did look into gummy bears a little bit because it just 
Gummy bears the candy is funny to me. We have other gummy objects. Uh-huh. We have gummy worms. Yep. We have little gummy root beers that taste like that. Uh-huh. We used to have gummy tarantulas when we were kids. I remember that, like little bugs. Yes, sir. But how did we decide that bears are our preferred delivery method of gummy? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's funny. It's like, why bears? We think they're so adorable mm-hmm. in this form, but they're big, monstrous. Is it some kind of like we're... We're overcoming nature. Do we feel uh-huh. more manly and more in charge of, of the world when we do that? I mean, a mama, a mama bear can rip your face off. Yeah. And in this case, I can rip a bear's whole head off. Mm-hmm. I can eat a bear in one bite yep. if it's gummy. If it's gummy. <laughs> well, they originated, gummy bears originated in Germany and they were known as Gummibar. Gummibar. Or a Gummibarchen. Gummibarchen. In the 1920s. <laughs> And that's what, you know, the most common, like, generic, uh, to me, they're generic, uh, but I guess they're actually a, a name, Haribo or Haribo or whatever yeah. it's pronounced. Haribo, yeah. Like, you know, the gold the gold package, which means you're getting the gold seal of quality for gummies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a company that came out of Germany with the gummy bears, the candy, uh-huh. which inspired <laughs> Disney's adventures <laughs> of the gummy bears. Papa Eisner said, (laughs) no Mickey or Goofy for you guys, but the production value was still super high because it's Disney and they don't know another way to do Uh things. That's (laughs) money gets thrown at it. Like, I'm sure their bathroom is enchanting. Right. Their their janitor's closet (laughs) is full of magic brooms Uh because that's how they do it over there. Uh Fireworks for everything. And aside from the wonderful animation and the good voice acting that is on display, perhaps Nowhere more than in the theme song for this show. Oh, yeah. We always carve out some space for the theme song, but this is one that it seems like a lot of people just remember this. Resonates. Yeah. It is very catchy Mm -hmm. and it's very rousing. Um, It's very Disney-ish of them. And the delivery of the vocals... Is, is like a glee club uh-huh. style of, of singing where you can hear the, the arm outstretched as they survey the audience, you know, singing their, their fake heart out. Magic and mystery are part of their history, along with the secret of gummy berry juice. The legend is growing, they take pride in knowing the fight for what's right, whatever they do. passion with which the gummy bears theme song is sung uh-huh. is <laughs> it's patriotic <laughs> it, it is patriotic for the the land that they're in like and for the gummy bear nation <laughs> he sings it so with so much heart that it either is that he believed that they told him the gummy bears were real uh-huh. and then he sang the song like knowing that they're an oppressed people yep. feeling bad for them or it's like the most cynical thing in the fucking world where it's just like a oh yeah the kids are gonna eat this up check this out <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it is whimsical though. It's whimsical as all hell. Now the singer, and this makes sense now that I've I've checked into this, is David Lee Roth. <laughs> I would kill to hear him. Look, I I listen to David Lee Roth sing just about any of our songs or uh-huh. any song. Or just talk. <laughs> no, it is a man named Joseph Williams, who is for starters, the son of of John Williams, the composer who did Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Superman the movie, Wowzers, Indiana Jones, all of these very famous compositions. He is that guy's son. 
And I don't know if it's infinitesimal next to that or even more important than that. Uh huh. He sang for a famous band in the 80s and then again since 2010. Travis, I know you're a fan of this band's big hit. Okay. Which he did not sing on. That hit was Africa. <gasps> oh, man. The band in question is Toto. Toto. Oh man, I'm a I'm a fan. Supercharged fan of that, yeah. Their hits, I mean, it's this band is so it's shit rock, man. Kings of shit rock, these guys. <laughs> like, I like the song, so don't get me wrong. But yeah. it's like this this mix of again, like glee club, almost like musical stage level drama, right. and then 80 synths, and then big guitars. Like they they want that hard rock sound, but it's not. They hit it. They definitely hit it. They hit the mark. They did it, man. And he had a great voice. He had a great voice. They had a really sultry tune, real uh-huh. sultry number. Like it, it's it's sashayed into the bar with a uh-huh. red dress on, <laughs> called "Without Your Love." That I you're crazy for. I will be seduced too. Yeah. This guy also was the singing voice of adult Simba in The Lion King. Mm. That's a, a, a step up from singing the Gummy Bears theme song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but the theme song is so well-loved, and it, it's very ordinary. It's too much is happening. Like, you could never play it just under somebody telling you about the show because uh-huh. there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. Somebody covered it pretty recently, and I don't know why. Except for they just liked it, and on this show, they're known for doing dumb music bits. Yep. On the Jimmy Fallon Late Night Show, Alicia Keys, uh-huh. Girl on Fire. Is a Lady on Fire? Woman yes. on Fire? I don't know. All those. Look, all I remember is Fallen, but <laughs> she sang her version of it on the show. And again, kind of sultry, kind of sad. Yeah. Marching along as this song Why? I I love the, I don't know why, and I love how they waited for her Uh to hit the chorus for the the clapping, where it's like, you know, you throw the flowers on Uh stage, because it's so, it's so stagey, it's so fucking high school musical. (laughs) We're breaking with recent, uh... (laughs) trends in mm-hmm. days past Tooncast where we keep saying we're going to watch like one or two episodes of a show and then we watch a box set uh, yes that is absolutely correct and so uh we managed to stick to one episode today the debut episode of disney's adventures of the gummy bears mm-hmm. one episode <laughs> i promised and you threatened me <laughs> i did listen i got stuff i'm doing okay as we get into the show, the the world, the characters, there are too many characters on the show. There are. There are. We say this often, and as old men, we <laughs> can only keep up with so much. So, Disney, here are our complaints. Release of Gummy Bears that has, like, three leads and two supporting characters. Here's our grievances. I mean, it is, from the beginning, they don't... 
hold your hand a lot. Like there's a barrage of names and job titles Mm -hmm. and characters that just kind (laughs) of fly by. And this is medieval times. And medieval times had a lot of infrastructure to deal with, Uh a lot of local politics. Yep. And there's not just bears. There are tons of non-bears present in the show. (laughs) At least half the cast is Uh non-bears. So I want to set up really fast the situation with with the society that they're in. Okay. Very quickly. Okay. (laughs) The kingdom of Dunwin, that's where they are, Uh is ruled by King Gregor. Yes. Who looks like your typical Disney king, big white beard, long hair. How in the world did Igthorn build that thing without our finding out about it? What have I said to you about jumping into that haystack? Single father, nice guy. Yeah. Seemingly. I mean, as much as a a medieval king can be, I'm sure he's beheaded a few people, but, you know, it's different times. A few hundred. (laughs) That's still low for a a medieval king, I feel like. You're right. No, you're right. (laughs) We don't know where his wife is, but he appears to have accidentally put on one of her scoop neck shirts Uh and no one wants to tell him because he is showing (laughs) an inordinate amount of chest all the time. It's abrasive. So we got a King Gregor. He is served by Sir Tuxford, which sounds like the cutest penguin name. Like at the zoo, it's the penguin with the bow tie on. What's your, what's your problem? <laughs> he is the leader of the Dunwin Knights who serve at the pleasure of the king. Uh-huh. And this guy very much should have been retired by now. We didn't have that in, in place in medieval times where it's like, you know what? You're over the hill, which uh-huh. usually means like 30 in yeah. medieval times. Oh, yeah, yeah. 31 at most. This is an older, like red-haired, balding man who's kind of portly and wears a suit of armor. Good work. Work, lads. Steady on there. Hard work never <laughs> hurt anyone. Hello. Where have you boys been? It's an hour past lunch. I'm sure at one point he was big man on campus. Uh-huh. But as far as cartoons go, one day you're the hero. And then one day you wake up with a handlebar mustache and mutton chops and you have become the comedy relief. Uh-huh. And that happened to this guy seemingly 10 years ago. Yeah. And he's still in charge of the Knights. He's not <laughs> canny. He's not he's not great at his job, but he is a sweet guy. Right. But it's time to let somebody else take over, uh-huh. I think. <laughs> and then in service of Sir Tuxford, we have 12-year-old Cavan. Mm-hmm. Not Gavin, like Gavin Rosdale of the band Bush. And not the name Kevin, which was highly in style from, I'd say, around this time through the mid 90s. Like Kevin, Uh as far as tunes and naming boys goes, like Kevin was a go to. And I think they wanted to name this kid Kevin so bad. Mm -hmm. And they just could not justify it in this medieval setting. So the closest they got. And it sounds like they're saying Kevin. I, I bet they accidentally said Kevin all the time. You're you're right. You're right. Kevin Kevin had a good run. That name had a good run. Yeah, Kevin McAllister. It yeah. was it was cemented with Home Alone. Uh-huh. Kevin McAllister as a identifiable <laughs> young character that's also your main character. Uh-huh. That's who this is. This guy is 12 years old. He is a page and a squire, yeah. which means you're like a knight intern. You yeah. know, you get the knight's coffee or ale or whatever and then eventually you just become one of them. You're a prospect. You're you're basically just a dirty little prospect. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see if, you know, if you uh can keep your mouth shut or not, uh-huh. then maybe you'll rise the ranks. <laughs> but he's he's a bit of a little fox molder because he wants to believe he's carrying around a gummy bear medallion in this world where gummy bears may or may not be legend. Uh-huh. If he lived now, he wouldn't have shown up to the Area 51 like, let's go get him yeah. thing, but he definitely would have posted in support of it. Come on, Unwin. There aren't any gummy bears now, but they used to exist. Everyone knows that. 
Wow! Gummy bears! Wait, I won't hurt you! Don't be scared of me! I wouldn't hurt you! You're my heroes! Don't you understand that? I want us to be friends! But Kevin... See, Kevin... Kevin is <laughs> our, our lead non-bear. Because he has pa- he has as much passion for the gummy bears as the singer seems to in the theme song. And so it's his dream to meet these gummy bears. And uh, I don't blame him. For all intents and purposes, he is our Christopher Robin. Absolutely, yeah. And who knows? Maybe all these gummy bears are just in his mind, yeah. in his imagination, <laughs> just like a Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> They'll make a sad, a sad movie someday about Kevin <laughs> the Squire and how he lives life near the end of his his days. That covers the non-bears and the non-bear society that they're they're trying to make their way in. <laughs> or or at least to hide themselves away from. Because again, these gummy bears are living out in the forest uh-huh. in a tree, a literal tree house. Yes. Where they live inside the tree. And with underground, all kinds of shit. They they must have been at it for years. A whole underground railroad situation going on. They basically have six flags under under Texas <laughs> <laughs> going on because they have these roller coasters made out of wood, which don't trust a wooden roller coaster in this Never. day and age. It's over. Never. Their time has passed. Mm-hmm. I said it on the Animaniacs episode about Slappy Squirrel's abode that she had. <laughs> yeah. But right. I, I and probably in practice, I would not love living in a house that's inside of a tree, <laughs> uh, a hollowed out tree, because at very least, like I got to blast the AC high. Uh-huh. all the time even in winter i like it cold so i don't know that if i would actually like him practice but man the dream lives on for me uh-huh. and so the gummy bears i want to move in with you <laughs> gummy bears let's talk about the bears let's jump in the first one that we got on the docket here okay and keep in mind that this is one of the they take a big page out of the smurf book <laughs> as far as People living in a secret society, don't bother us. They're basically like Ruby Ridge types where it's just like, leave us alone and let us do our own thing. Again, well, you know, like there's all these shows I feel like now that are covering people who, you know, have pop farms. Uh-huh. That's this. That's what the setup is here. They're saying, government, we don't want your involvement. Humans, leave us alone. We're just trying to raise some gummy berries. We are adding so much character to, the, to this show. I love it. They deserve it. Uh-huh. They deserve it. They didn't get enough. Ruby Ridge. <laughs> I mean, if they could, if you took away their ability to make the gummy juice, like uh-huh. if you took, oh, if the government seized it, they would find themselves, I mean, again, Ruby Ridge, I think would be the the closest thing you can think of where it's like, they would do like an anonymous style YouTube posting about the, uh-huh. the video from all the gummy bears just saying like in hoods and shit saying, if the government comes in and takes away our gummy berries, the federal government will find itself under a bouncing siege like it has never seen. Your children are not safe if you take our gummy berries their children are not safe no one's their children cho- if your children if your babies have been having babies uh-huh. those babies aren't safe either <laughs> and okay the page that they took from the smurfs is the naming yeah. also because you know on the smurfs it's blah blah smurf uh daddy smurf baby smurf uh-huh. stupid smurf all yeah. that stuff <laughs> sad smurf yeah here everybody has gummy as their last name so and i don't know if that's a family thing uh-huh. it could be the gummy is their last name but i don't know <laughs> firstly Zummy gummy, Z U M M I gummy, uh-huh. <laughs> and that's how they spell gummy, and I like it. G U M M I. Yeah, it's cute. I prefer that. It's cute. 
This guy, he is the high priest of gumminess. He is the keeper of the gummy Bible that they have, the big-ass book downstairs that tells them how to live. That they haven't opened. They've never opened. They've never gotten to open it because they've been waiting unknowingly for the gummy bear pendant that Kevin, not Kevin, is wearing <laughs> that opens it eventually. Uh-huh. But, like, they've basically been, they've been living a religion that they can't read about. Crazy. <laughs> Just believing that they're, like, they're non-practicing gummies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a feeling. It must be a feeling. Once he gets that book open, he starts casting magic. Not so well. Uh, it seems like he was put into the role of being the village sorcerer or wise man because <laughs> of his age instead of his ability. Right. I think if you ask him, he'd be like, I'm, I'm out of my depth here. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, just in the moment. Uh, one of these spells might make all the difference if we get into trouble. This is the great book of gummy. It's been locked shut for centuries. Now, Kevin, we need your solemn promise that you will never, never tell anyone about our existence or about our home or about our gummy berry juice. This guy is another example of how they did not skimp money-wise on the show. Right. Because when it comes to the voiceover talent, they reached for the top shelf and they pulled down a few uh, Gold Star members. Oh, yeah. In this case, Zummy Gummy, played by... Paul Winchell. He was a famous ventriloquist in the 50s. He had his own show. The ABC Television Network presents The Paul Winchell Show. You may not know his name right away, but you might know some of the roles he's had, which include Gargamel on the Smurfs. Mm. There's the Smurfs again. Classic. I've done it! I've done it! One spoonful of this should be enough to wipe out the entire Smurf population. Dick Dastardly on Wacky Races. You know, a little, oh, little yeah. uh, mustache twirling. Oh, yeah. like yeah. nah, 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 nah. <laughs> See you, dum-dums, at the finish line. And a standout. And I mean, this man helped me get through my childhood as the original voice of Tigger on Winnie the Pooh. Hello, I'm Tigger. Oh, you scared me. Yeah, sure I did. <laughs> Everyone's scared of Tiggers. T-I-double-g-er. That's spells Tigger. What a lovely voice. What a, what a, like, it's just full of heart and soul. So, of course, you're going to make him, you know, the, the gummy priest. Uh. <laughs> but that's, that's big business right there. It that's is. the real deal. No, that is. That, that, that's like Godfather stuff right there. We also have Gruffy Gummy. I feel like I have to over enunciate it because uh. they're so similar, all the names. Gruffy, G R U F F I, Gummy. This is. Your typical sensitive, tough guy. He's about halfway to a New York accent. Uh-huh. He's kind of got a lisp, too. It's hard to be a tough guy with a lisp. Humans are nothing but trouble. I say leave him be. That has been the gummy way for hundreds of years. I want you all to know I'm only going along with this foolishness to keep the rest of you out of trouble. So don't you tell me who I like and who I don't like. Cool green hat. Really, really hip. Cool green hat on him. You know what I noticed? All the men are wearing hats. Uh-huh. And the bears. That's bear society. That's just like you're naked without a hat. Uh-huh. Yep. Also, you have Grammy Gummy. G-R-A-M-M-I. Stay where you are or I'll smack you to next Tuesday. Gruffy Gummy, you have the manners of a billy goat. Bless you, child. Of course we'll get you a drink. She is the the matriarch of this crew. Uh-huh. Uh, she's an older lady. And I guess that's just written into these shows as everybody's going to listen to and obey only the old lady character. <laughs> Whoever is the 
the local mom. That's who they listen to because anybody else, they are just kind of bouncing around and doing their own thing. But if Grammy Gummy or the like speak up, everybody obeys her like she has the nuclear codes <laughs> and is willing to use them. And both keys, both keys. And I think the nuclear codes in this case are a fear of being guilted by the person who washes my underwear and feeds me <laughs> and possibly gave birth to me. The, that, that's where that mom thing comes from. It's like, you know, there's this implied. <laughs> I could just remind you of the fact that I went through uh, backbreaking labor to birth you. <laughs> like I shattered my mom's tail. I literally shattered my mom's tailbone when she gave birth to me. That's the language that and always, she reminds you every day of your life. She does. But when she does, shattered is the term that gets used. (laughs) (laughs) Although I think my grandma is the one that came up with that, but she certainly hold on to it. So that's where it comes from is this like they all just act like, oh, shit, I owe this lady. And she can send them into a guilt or shame spiral so deep that you'll never get out. And so you better just listen to her when she says it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I group those together because these two characters are played by Bill Scott. And June Foray, a.k.a. Bullwinkle and Rocky. Hey, Rock, give us a hand here, will you? Well, what? Whoa, oh, sure, Bullwinkle. Hokey smoke, where are we? It's just a little shower. Ought to clear up in the jiffy. Bullwinkle, don't open that window. We're underwater. Underwater? Good Lord classics. Bullwinkle J. Moose and Rocky J. Squirrel. <laughs> the originals. And I mean, they both got tons and tons and tons of work. I mean, Gene Foray oh, alone. So much shit. Yeah. But I mean, again, this is top shelf shit. It is. I don't remember the <laughs> their performances that well. I don't walk away with like a great impression of one of them because they hit me so hard in this first episode we watched but you know it's like it was very solid work right and they they reached for the big guns we got sunny gummy s-u-n-n-i gummy who is one of the other ladies in the group she's younger she looks like did you ever see the peter pan musical special on television when you were a kid i think so yeah there was this i remember it was like peter pan with mary martin Uh as peter pan and it was like done on stage like a musical mary martin as peter pan has warmed our hearts and will continue to charm and delight millions of believers for generations to come It sounds familiar. Yeah, I I think I saw that. She looks just like that version of Peter Pan because she has this little like. Yeah, she does. This little blonde pixie cut. Uh And she is wearing a Peter. Just a Peter Pan tunic is all I could (laughs) call it. You know, it's green. That's not fair, Gruffy. It's not his fault there have been so many ogres in the woods lately. Oh, gummy berry juice. We gummies have been making it for centuries. There's her. There's another kid, Gummy, Cubby Gummy, uh-huh. C-U-B-B-I Gummy, who is this little kid. He's spunky. He is the cavern of his crew yep. where he <laughs> wants to go out and adventure. And I'm Cubby Gummy. I'm going to be a great knight someday. I've never seen a human close up before. Do they really eat gummy bears? They're very cute, all of them, and especially these two kids. But I started realizing as I was watching it, I was like, if I was a kid uh-huh. and I'd never seen a bear or a cartoon of a bear and you showed me a grizzly bear and one of these bears, these gummy bears, I could not tell you that they're the same animal. Not at all. It's cartoon bears, like care bears. We draw them all the same and they're adorable. It's lies. It's all lies. It is a complete lie. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that got eaten by a bear on, not on camera, but off camera in that movie Grizzly uh-huh. Man. Yeah. Like that's why that happened probably is because he was sold this bill of goods by the Disney Corporation. <laughs> And, of course, Hanna-Barbera with Yogi, that it's like, 
These bears, and they're not, look, bears are very cute in their own way, but they don't look like these bears. No. Nope. These are not, these are, it's the same way that Starbursts, the red Starbursts don't taste like real cherries, but we say that they taste like cherries uh-huh. and we just all agree <laughs> to the lie. And that's the same thing with these bears. It is. Good, good analogy. That's a good analogy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mm-hmm. live my life by that. Finally, of the core group of the gummy bears, we have tummy gummy. Uh-huh. T-U-M-M-I gummy. <laughs> and they don't call him tummy gummy because he does a lot of ab workouts uh, and, and it has a prominent <laughs> six pack. That is not his bag, baby. He is the gummy bear voted most likely to love lasagna mm. because he is, in fact, voiced by Lorenzo Music, uh-huh. the man who not only voiced Garfield and, and, and defined him uh, for many generations <laughs> to come, but also sadly voices Peter Venkman on the real Ghostbusters. Oh, my gosh. I must have dozed off. Tommy, you were sneaking a midnight snack. But I was hungry. You're getting fat. Hey, I just got big bones. I don't need to go on a diet. Now, I got to say, I know I give this guy a shit ton of shit, uh-huh. a whole ton of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen pictures of him and he looks kind of like. Uh, he looks nothing like what you what he sounds like. It's ridiculous. He looks like Dom DeLuise, uh-huh, basically, right. without the beret. And I got to say, looking at his face, I bet I would l- have loved this man in person. He's, oh, he yeah. has passed, sadly. But I feel like I would have really gotten along with him and wanted to give him a hug. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it's just that this voice is so attached to Garfield and all these things. And he's not doing anything different with it. But there is no voice that says lazy or glutton or lazy glutton more than this guy. There's not. And that's what this character is. There's not. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Find me a better one. You won't. (laughs) Good luck. The gummy berry juice that the gummy bears drink (laughs) and make, like I, I assume they have vineyards somewhere. I don't know if it's underground or... Or how they do it, but they they drink it, and the power it gives them is the ability to just bounce around uh-huh. as though they were made of gummy rubber or whatever. And Travis, this cartoon has been in our blood for a long time as DP Tooncasters because we always mention how our first conversation we ever had before creating the show that made us create the show was about Thundercats, and the other cartoon that was mentioned in that conversation was gummy bears. Yes, it was. Yep. <laughs> and the fact that they take uh, performance-enhancing drugs uh-huh. to do what they do, they're gummy winos. <laughs> and, and they're proud of it. And they're proud of it, too. They, they Oh, it's their heritage. Yeah. It's it's like being French. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we drink a lot of wine. What do you fucking want to do? <laughs> this is what we're known for. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like it? To flip, flip the station, bud. It gives them the bouncing powers, which is, I guess, cool enough. But we do find out over time that gummy berry juice is to humans as spinach is to Popeye. Uh huh. It gives them humans super strength and makes them kind of roided up a bit because they, they do kind of get like, I could do anything. I'm gonna, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> cool, it, man, you know, because it only lasts so long. <laughs> the effects. But they're always kicking back with some gummy berry, some gummy berry juice. Uh-huh. But they do it out of these little chemistry flasks like old timey glass round on the bottom test tube on the top flasks and they take the cork out and sip it and then just discard it Uh they don't hang on to it like they don't recycle they don't reuse they're just leaving a trail like if you are out in the forest and you see a trail of empty tiny flasks you found yourself some gummy bears you know what the deal is and for a group that doesn't want to be found they're I guess they're just too (laughs) drunk they're sloppy (laughs) 
<laughs> They're getting real sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. It's highly wasteful, too. Like, you probably were, like, giving up limbs to make glass <laughs> in medieval times. And yet they're just at, wasting it. At least a kid. At least a kid. So Kevin enters the gummy bear world. And happily for him, he does. Because uh-huh. he's running away from the serious bad guy. Got to get to him. Yep. And we we hear that he's working on a brand new catapult. Yeah. What <laughs> A bunch of times. Yeah. And he's going to attack Castle Dunwin. His name, Duke. Duke. Sigmund Igthorn. Not easy to say. <laughs> no. Lots of different kinds of consonants in that. He's not the Duke of Earl. Duke of Earl. I know that much. I don't know what he is a Duke of, but he is the Duke Sigmund Igthorn. Duke. 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 Duke of Igthorn. And while Kevin is captured by the gummy bears, they don't trust him at first. I don't blame him. He's an uh-huh. outsider. There, you know how you get on gummy bear wine. You get real paranoid. Oh yeah, and and the crash is horrible. The crash is horrible. Oh man, it's like a K hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Duke is working on this plan. The plan is just to build his his catapult and attack the castle Dunwin to take it over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what this guy's problem is. Like he is, he's kind of a dick dastardly. He's a bit of a mustache twirling villain, but with the you know upper crust society thing going on. How did I get so brilliant? It hardly seems fair to the rest of the world. Time is money, or it would be if I were paying you. Any more mistakes, and you're going to be fired from the catapult. Aha! He wants to be king, but as a duke, he already has a title. He is royalty, most likely. Uh Not all dukes are royalty. There are non-royal dukes and royal dukes. I actually looked up what dukes are for this podcast about cartoons. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. The princes of the royal family right now are dukes of the duke of this, the duke of that. And then like the same way with duchess. Those are royal dukes. But then you can just have dukes that are, it's still a cool name. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not a member of the royal family. We don't know which one this guy is. We do know from research that he has a castle and a title. He might even be the family of the king, for all we know. Yeah. So I, who gives a shit if you're king or not? These people are all just figureheads, <laughs> and they all just they only get their hands dirty to get or keep power. So I this this guy, just be happy with what you have, man. You got, you got a castle. He's a royal asshole. How about that? Royal asshole. Oh, yeah. Igthorn is not working alone. He only hangs out with ogres. Fantasy, like they look like orcs probably from Lord of the Rings, that type of thing. Like green, yep. hairy, stupid as shit. He only hangs out with ogres and it's a bad look. Yeah. You cannot have all your subordinates be the same ethnicity or race oh, yeah. in this. Like It's just not good. Uh-uh. Throw in a troll or a gnome or something, for God's sake. Just vary it up a little bit. Because <laughs> he's working with these fantasy, and I, I just, I started to make up that he was raised by the ogres as like the smartest, prettiest ogre because they are big ears, big heads, monsters that are in caveman clothing and are only marginally smarter than a caveman. Uh, uh, pardon your nastiness. Catapult ready for test. Never seen nothing like you. What is you? Uh, he got a small bottle of magic drink from Gummy Bear. A Gummy Bear? What kind of fool do you take me for? Don't know. How many kinds are there? The humans react to these ogres like they are just, oh my God, it's ogre! Like the way you should react to ogres. <laughs> They're very, they should be scaring you. <laughs> but they talk 
they speak English right. and they're dumb. Yeah. Like they're me, you know, they're, they're the level of dumb where you say me instead of I, mm-hmm. like me hungry. It's a certain kind of dumb. Yeah. It is a particular brand of dumbness. If the Loch Ness monster surfaced in front of you and was like, me Loch Ness, me hurt you. <laughs> would you be that afraid of it? Not at all. Nope. It'd probably be more like, hello, Gavna. <laughs> Hello. Want you in there? Can I see those pictures, please? Yes. <laughs> Tears them up in front of you. <laughs> if you've ever felt that everyone in the room that you're in is stupid but you, I'm getting this right and everyone else is fucking up. That is the Duke's day every day. <laughs> now, it's by his own design. Right. I don't feel sympathy for him. Yeah. But that probably does drive some of his frustration. Like, he surrounded himself with people he can control, these ogres. But then every day, he's having to explain to them what food is uh-huh. and how to go to the bathroom. And why And why me hungry. <laughs> Finally, the gummy bears and Cavan have made friends with each other and accepted each other's existence. But when Cavan finds out that Ichthorn is attacking, the Duke is attacking the castle, he's like, look, I don't know if you guys are going to help, but I'm going to go do something about it. Which like, if this kid didn't have the gummy bears to help him, he would have died. Oh, for sure. Or he'd be a prisoner of war. He says, isn't this what you guys are supposed to do? Like you have this, I don't know. He knows about as much about their heritage, the gummy bears as they do. Uh-huh. Like he's, he, he took a correspondence course in gummy bear history and ethics, I guess. But Once he leaves and they take his medallion, they open up their gummy Bible and it tells them you're supposed to help people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the only reason that they finally go help him at their own peril. I know because they're trying to hide their existence Uh and they ultimately get revealed to the Duke. Like the Duke now knows that gummy bears are out there and that he can take that sweet gummy juice and bone up like Schwarzenegger, you know. Uh But (laughs) like, I don't know. It just seems it doesn't make them seem especially moral or kind where it's like, uh, the book told us to, though. Uh-huh. The book. It says <laughs> we got to go help. We were going to go to sleep. I'm also a little torn on whether or not the Duke should maybe just become king. And I say this not because I have a problem with King Gregor or that I particularly like the Duke. But when he attacks them with a catapult, uh-huh. he the king is utterly ill-prepared mm-hmm. for them to be under siege by a single catapult. Yeah. This is an entire kingdom. <laughs> like, it's got a moat and castle walls, all this shit. He, is, he has been letting probably his old drinking buddy, Sir Tuxford, be his knight for too long, so they've gotten old and fat and, and lazy, and now this happens, and it's just like a, I, 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 what do we do? <laughs> so maybe he is not the best leader of people. Maybe he should be deposed. I'm not usually in favor of violent coups, but... You'll give him a pass. You'll give him a pass on this one. I I won't give the king a pass. I might give the duke a pass. Right. Like, I will hold the king's feet to the fire, and I will be heard at the town hall meeting uh-huh. that he is going to have, yeah. I, I'm sure, anytime now. <laughs> I will be heard, Travis. On today's episode... On today's episode is the segment of Days Past Tooncast where we drink deep of the wine that is morality. We let it coat our insides and cover our spirits in the ethical cleanliness <laughs> that we need to get through these difficult times. Mm-hmm. And while the Gummy Bears, uh, Disney's adventures of the Gummy Bears, uh, didn't have... <laughs> An explicit lesson on display, I just know that those writers over there at Disney were getting paid to make sure the kids walked away with some kind of wisdom. And Travis, I'm now asking you, what lesson did you learn from these gummy bears? Oh, well, so after really examining this and just 
just digging into every fiber of this cartoon, uh, I noticed that you don't always need to level up. I mean, if if the MLB has taught me anything, it's success comes from practice and learned lessons from life. It's it's earned, you know, and not consumed in a juice form to be a winner or overcome obstacles. Hashtag quit using. That's what I took away from this. Wow. Will, what did what did you what did you gain from this? Yeah, I uh it's funny how two people can look at the same thing and see the opposite. Like right. you're looking at the sun and you're seeing the moon somehow. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, I'm looking at the sun and I'm seeing it for what it is. I'm bathed in the light of truth here because okay. I, I don't agree with what you're saying. Okay. Um, I think the lesson here, if you look at the gummy bears and at Cavan, the only way that they won was through using gummy berry juice. They were juicing. They were juicing hard. And this day and age, everyone's fighting to get to the front of the pack. It is dog eat dog eat baby. Eat gummy bear. Yes. And everybody is in danger when it comes to you got to get to the top. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be left at the bottom, Travis. Uh, I'm tired of I, this. I know. You have to do what you have to do to get ahead, to get an edge. And these gummy bears, what we know of their history, they're still kicking after centuries. Mm-hmm. Even though humanity <laughs> has kicked them to the curb and is hunting them down yep. like vermin. And they're little bears. They're not vermin. And they're still they're still standing. Just like Elton John. They're still standing. Still today. Still today. Yep. Still here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And why? They're juicing. Huh? Yeah. They're putting the juice. And they're juicing. They're using. Mm-hmm. They're juicing and, and they're, they're using. That is why. That is what keeps them on top is that they found the elixir. Agree to disagree. If your performance is not getting you to the top then you either need to enhance your performance or you need to get the fuck out of the game. Juice it or lose it. Hashtag. Thank you so much for joining us on the Days Past Tooncast today. We hope that you're at home, relaxing, staying safe and healthy. Do us a favor, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a written review and a five-star review if it pleases you, because it would sure please us. It helps out the show if you do. Also, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at DP Tooncast. Everyone, we're still here fighting the tune fight, striving towards episode 100, one new Never covered on this show tune at a time. The world's trying to stop us. The world's trying to stop us from getting there. And man, is it coming close? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I good. would say the digital world is trying to stand in our way more than the outside world. Right. But we're not going to let anything stop us from hitting that hundo. Come back next time to get one step closer and hear about a new tune. Until then, folks, stay healthy, stay happy. Stay joyful, Disney joyful, and as always, tutor my duder. Yes, stay a good Disney six feet apart from each other, okay? Tutor my duder. The second they cut that gummy bears, they're doing drugs everywhere. They're doing drugs and they are gonna scare your kids in their beds tonight. Damn. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be trying to take uh, change off the counter, probably. <laughs> Sneak in your house, still change off the counter. <laughs>